On this episode of Resi Week, HTSA Education partners with CDA Expo, and the security industry pushes the 3G sunset. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 288, Avi Palooza. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks and by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matty Scott, for avnation.com. TV. And this week, we are pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, the gentleman making noise in the background is Mr. Richard Fergosa of Fergosa Design. What's up, Uncle Richie? Mellow West Coast greetings. Good to be here. Actually, in a lovely summer day for us, which normally it's a little colder. A little colder? What's cold? What? 70-ish. So. That's, that is cool. It's like, it's like 90 degrees. As I say, in, in, in Fahrenheit, I think it's at the... How much is that in the Fahrenheit's? Well, I know in what Fahrenheit's are. I have no idea what Celsius uh, In the Celsius is. You're asking about, the wrong uh, guy. You know 16. I don't know that. Making me look bad right off the top. Then we have Mr. Avi Rosenthal. He is a partner at Blue Sob. How you doing, Avi? A uh, very active East Coast welcome. So you got mm. East Coast and West Coast represented here. I like so, it. You know, and it's a nice, hot summer day here. It's about 90 degrees here in Virginia. So how, how, How's the humidity, though? That's the kicker. Oh, I think if you walk outside, you essentially melt, condense. Yeah, that's about where we're at right now. It's it's disgusting. Uh, We were supposed to be joined by our good friend, Samantha Ventura, as well from Cedia. Unfortunately, she had some... Uh, some family stuff come up, so our uh, our thoughts are with her. Gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from Residential Tech Today. HTSA is partnering with Emerald Expe- Exhibitions to offer special training at Cedia Expo. There is going to be, get ready for it, a Tomapalooza presented by HTSA. Uh, as the, obviously, the buying group, they're, they're offering a bunch of their training to the the community in general, which I think is is nice, because I don't believe we've seen that before. Uh, they've got, I believe, a three-day uh, training track that's available. You can check that out on the story or, uh, I, I would assume, on uh, cdexpo.com slash attend slash Tamapalooza. Uh, they've got uh, some keynotes, a bunch of lighting stuff, and some home theater stuff. Mr. Fergosa, let's start with you on this. This is... I don't want to say this kind of came out of nowhere, but as I mentioned off the top, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that they're offering uh, HTSA branded training at Expo. So I'm surprised about that in general, but specifically, I'm surprised that they're making it available to everyone. Is this, uh, I, I'm going to assume that this is a big win for everyone involved and everyone attending because more education is obviously good. Uh, what does this mean, though, that they're they're offering this to non-members for the first time at Expo of all places? Well, I mean, I think you have to thank Tom Doherty for it. You know, I mean, Tom's a past president of Cedia, board of directors, lifetime achievement, a winner. You know, I mean, he was one of the original core Cedia founders. Uh, you know, if you take a look back at it, and so 
uh, you know, is it surprising? No, I think it's great. You know, he's he's working with, I think he's with the director of the new technology initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tom's always been, you know, looking to advance our industry and advancing it through education. And so by bringing HTSA, which traditionally deals more with the retail style integrator, mm-hmm. um, you know, from a buying group standpoint, uh, and finding a way to bridge that across with the quote-unquote custom or the you know the the other side of the integration um business i you know i I, it it just makes sense you know at at that point i I have a feeling that you know they kind of sat down and said well past cedia president cedia expo emerald htsa we're all in the same industry you know it's it it just kind of seemed like a no-brainer to open it up and i think that tom probably did a great job at uh explaining Cedia's ability to come in and that integrator base Mm -hmm. to come in to learn about HTSA, uh, which they might not have been exposed to. And I think uh, the HTSA, the organization as itself, having the ability to reach out to the Cedia channel. And I mean, it's all about membership, right? And, and, you know, when you can build your member base, you can provide more value to your members. You can bring more members in. You've got the education track. You know, uh, what is it? A rising tide raises all boats. And, and that's kind of the way that I view it, is, is that it, uh, it it's not necessarily serendipitous, but I would be surprised if it hadn't come together, given that uh, Tom was, was involved in the process. Avi, do you see this as a kind of a one-off? Do you see this as something where we're going to start seeing participation at this level from some of the other buying groups and some of the other trade partners? Because education has been typically a cedia owned aspect and obviously they have the the broad certifications um a lot of the buying groups have their own training it's we'll say different um than kind of the the aim of a lot of the cedia training then you obviously have had manufacturer training do you expect this to become a a huge smorgasbord in the future of every buying group every you know group of people out there um i'm, I'm gonna butcher the name but i think the mciaa or, or whatever that group is they're doing a panel on you know work at home as well and a large educational offering for that is this just going to become this behemoth of education so i i think that it is because to go back to something that rich was saying a rising tide rises all boats i think that the aspect of education in our industry is highly regarded, it's highly necessary. Things are getting more technical, not less technical. The integrators are being forced to stay one step ahead of the consumers. And the consumers, let's face it, are getting more and more educated every day. Hmm. You know, the the beauty of the interwebs is that everybody can log on and, and Google search something and figure out what an answer is. So I think it's important that the integrators stay educated. And to that end, I you know, if I'm sitting in uh, in Pennsylvania right now, in Powerhouse's headquarters, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, why didn't I think of this? Because let's face it, they're getting a lot of play. HTSA is going to get a lot of push. You could see this as a recruiting uh, opportunity for them as well, right? Come mm-hmm. and see what our training is like and then come see what our buying group is like. And so I think it's a, it's a good opportunity for people who may have been on the fence about a buying group to experience what it's like to be part of one. So I think it is going to, you know, maybe not start a trend, but certainly kick off an opportunity for the buying groups to look around and say, hey, how are we doing outreach, right? What, what opportunities are we taking to reach new members, to reach new opportunities, and to further our integrators, right, to bring value to our integrators? Let's face it, 
education's expensive. Mm-hmm. HTSA is lowering the bar a little bit on the costs. They're going to give some really great content and they're not going to charge you for it. And that's unusual because typically the really good content is behind the paywall. Yeah. So that's that's going to be a change as well. You know, Mr. Darty's going to do a damn good job to bring some real value in education to the lineup, to the curriculum. People may get used to not paying for it. Do you think do do either of you think that this is going to really kick off that quality free education? Or, that, or do you so think it's going to be my... a teaser that's then going to flip into, you know, next year? So, well, for 50 bucks. So that was actually my first question. When when I first read about the Tamapalooza, right? Mm-hmm. And by the way, it is on my bucket new, bucket list to be a Palooza. I, I need to be this. I At can some make that point, happen. there'll be an Avipalooza. We'll I don't know happen. what it'll be about, but I, I need an Avipalooza. I'm just saying. So um, <laughs> that being said, that was actually my first question is, you know, if I'm a Cedia educator, is my question, wait, so they're giving away stuff that I'm trying to sell? Or am I looking at this as the teaser, right? Mm-hmm. Is this the, just the coming attractions and later on, I'm going to be asked to buy a ticket. So I don't know. It's a, I, I, I don't know what the business model here is. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll have to watch that. Um, you know, I mean, the, the big part of it, too, is that the, you know, although, you know, the the original thought whenever I thought of HTSA is that I never really put technology in with it. I always thought it was the Home Theater Association. Mm-hmm. Um, and And so it always felt like it was centered around the AV side of things. And one of the interesting things, if, if you take a look at the course layout, they're not touching that heavily on the AV side of things. It truly is a technology primer, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're inviting a lighting designer in to talk about other aspects, who I'm going to assume is friendly <laughs> to the integrator community, as opposed to some of the some of the other relationships that we have with, with the greater design community. Uh, and so it, I think Avi's right, is that, you know, it, it definitely has... A teaser, um, you know, kind of the amuse bouche of technology to walk on in. Fantastic, gentlemen. We'll we'll, we'll see how that plays out uh, in gosh, like two weeks from now. If, if speaking of Expo, if you have not registered yet, uh, you can go and get a free floor pass by entering Aviation as the 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 code there to get you into the floor all right gentlemen let's move on to our next story of the day this comes to us from ce pro how the security industry is pressuring at&t to postpone the 3g sunset uh essentially the pandemic seems to have delayed some work uh to to get the 3g sunset off the ground so the alarm industry is pushing to have that uh pushed back pushing to have that pushed back that was it's kind of yeah well it'll be all right um what's interesting about this is it's not like this just popped up abby as as you and i were talking about from the start uh before we came on the show they've been working at this for a while this has been in the works for not as long as the uh the fcc 600 megahertz um elimination but pretty close uh it's coming up on five years believe it or not so it's been it's been quite a while it's been a minute so, Avi, when you see this, when you when you read through this story, and and I know you've been around this world a little bit, probably more so than either myself or, or Uncle Richie, when you see this, is this just a factor of that industry where 
I don't want to say they're not proactive, but when you go in and tell someone that their system is going to stop working unless they either, you know, re-sign a contract so you can roll that cost into that contract or there's going to be a bill associated with that because it's just going to stop working. That's a that's a tough one to 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 play on. What's what's the industry response to this going to be? So like the 2G to 3G sunset, right? We, we've mm -hmm. been through this before as an industry. So this is really, it, not only is it not new, it's, it's not, you know, new ground to plow. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. But unfortunately, the security industry is, is very conservative when they change technologies. They like to test things and justifiably so. We're talking about life safety, right? If mm -hmm. that alarm goes off and you need help, right, the, the, the communications link is absolute right that you know four nines is is not enough so by all means there is you know conservatism if you will in changing a technology that being said though this has been announced and been going on for quite a while and so i look at this announcement with a little bit of of caution and a little bit of side eye because um, on the one hand you know we've known that this is coming about and there are some cool technologies out there and cool radios i mean alula has been you know, drumming this drum for quite a while, and they've got some great upgrade pads, and they can replace radios very easily. But as a integrator, as a security professional, you got to get out and do it. You got to be willing to go to your customers and say, "Hey, there's a new technology out there, and we're going to touch your system." And sometimes the alarm professionals are hesitant to do that because it does remind their clients that, "Hey, I'm still paying thirty bucks a month for this thing, and and geez, I can't remember the last time I armed it, right?" Yeah. And so you get some attrition that way, and so that's that's fearful. The smart alarm integrators are wrapping this into a marketing program, right? And I can tell you a bunch of them that actually made money on the 3G change because they went to their clients and said, hey, great news, man. There's some new technology out there and we're going to upgrade your system and we're going to refresh it and check all your contacts and your batteries and, and you know, we're going to re-sign you up because we're so excited to have you as a customer. And that's when it works. Um, but if you take the AICC's look at it and i completely understand where they're coming from it's scary right they're down to essentially eight months uh, uh, even less than that now let's see february so they're down to almost six months um of swapping these things out and you're talking about millions of radios you know the, they're you're not just talking about a couple of hundred thousand or you know a few in one neighborhood you're talking about millions of radios spread across a large geographic area mm -hmm. there's going to be pain there's going to be pain. And I don't know that AT&T is going to necessarily acquiesce. Um, as uh, we saw in the article, the, the government has attempted to at least communicate with them and see, you know, what their thoughts are. But again, you know, they can't roll out their 5G and AT&T, you know, by all accounts is way behind in their 5G rollout. They can't roll out some of their 5G stuff until they twilight their 3G stuff. And so they're under a lot of pressure, you know, from a lot of different sectors to get this 5G network up and running. It's going to be hard to convince them not to twilight this uh, or sunset, excuse me, to use yeah. the uh, proper phrase, um, the 3G. So it's going to, it, you know, I'm watching it very carefully and I've got some clients that uh, are bringing out some product, uh, one in particular that uh, we're announcing in the next month or so to help mitigate some of this problem as well. Very good. Rich, when you see this, the... I'm very conflicted on this story. This is one of those ones that annoys me because it, it, it doesn't seem to be a hard problem. It's just, again, parts of our our industry seem to be just absolutely terrible at communication and communicating. Not a complicated story. 
to their to their clients. And what I found kind of interesting was in the response to the the letter that the the senators that the the group lobbied to to send a letter to AT and T came back saying that of their subscriber base, this is AT and T talking that only 5% of their paid subscribers were still using a 3G-dependent handset, which, again, that's referencing a cell phone or, or you know, an iPad or, you know, a mobile device with a radio. That's not necessarily uh, referencing alarm panels because I know even within my company and the limited alarms we do, we got a lot of five or 3G still out there. There is a, a large number. Is this mainly, Rich, is this mainly a just another glaring example of terrible communication on the part of our, our channel or, or a subset of our channel, I guess? Yeah. Uh, you know, I... Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you, you, you have the, the, the larger alarm companies, you know, who I'm a customer of, um, you know, six months, seven months ago said, hey, we're changing this over for your service to be you know, uh, for us to continue your service and everything else where here are the appointment. I mean, again, it was right. It, 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 it is, it is sales one oh one, right? You, you eliminated the yes or no question and you entered with an option. Yeah. This is changing over. Here are your appointment options. Please choose from one of them. Right. Right. You know, I mean, it was, it was a typical sales close, right? It was, you know, you, you never opened the no. And, Unfortunately, the integrator base, uh, you know, it, it is definitely, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, you know, again, let's take a look. Let's also consider, we just had our last NTSC transmission, mm-hmm. yeah. July 13th. Yep. The analog sunset was instituted in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> right. There are integrators I know who are still scrambling to find ways to maintain their analog connections for clients. So it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. crazy. Uh, but, but you know, some clients are adverse to change. Integrators, and we've always talked about this, where there there is this, uh, this self-confidence issue that occurs with being a technology advisor and, and being able to say, I'm good at what I do. I'm advising you for a reason and I'm trying to protect you from yourself. And again, rather than giving a client bad news, they just kind of continue and say yes, or they hide from it Mm -hmm. until it becomes an issue. And then at that point it's too late. And then you've got, you know, you've, you've got a crisis confidence and et cetera, et cetera. Now, now you're trying to kind of hero in at the last minute, you're losing money. And, And so again, like, like Avi said, is that it is, you can treat it as an opportunity or you can treat it as a problem. The integrators who are succeeding with it are treating it as an opportunity. You know, the, we're, we're seeing the same thing with Wi-Fi 6. There, there are tons of integrators I know that haven't even broached the subject with their clients. Not even the fact that it's available, but that these services and the technology is moving at a faster pace. Now, again, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I could sit with a client and say, yeah, you're going to get a good 10, 15 years out of this system based on how we see everything moving. But within the past 10 years, we've seen such an acceleration in commoditizing technology. And again, it's a software world, you know, and software is eating the hardware of the world. Mobile is driving this. We've said it over and over and over again. 
the key to all of this is mobile. Because there is, you know, again, I got an 11-year-old walking around with one of these, mm -hmm. you know? They, and, and there's a whole lot more users to tap into from that market than are the security. So this is a little bit different, I think, than the analog sunset from the AV side. Yeah. Because it was a very limited pool, right? You know, you've got one set per household, two set per household. You look at mobile, you've got two, three, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> you know, devices per household. That adds up quickly. So, and <laughs> unlike the FCC, AT&T holds all the keys. They own the spectrum. So at that point, they can say, yeah, the, great, guys. We really appreciate it, but we're not really beholding to the American people so much as we're beholden to our stockholders. And that makes it a very difficult conversation because the government can't intercede and say, whoop, sorry about that. And, and that's, you know, that, that's, that's a discussion for a whole other show <laughs> about, about the use of technology. Uh, well, and I think, but, I think you can't overlook the fact either that it's not like this is a quick little, you know, just flip the switch and all of a sudden it's over. This is a process that they've had in the works probably since before they announced it from a technician and oh, yeah. a rollout and a location oh, yeah. based like this is hundreds of thousands of man hours that are going to be scheduled oh, into easily. decommissioning these devices and you know starting that next phase rollout it, it, this is not i'm going to argue they're not going to delay this at all <laughs> And and you're absolutely right, Matt. They've been there's also equipment in cell towers that oh, yeah. has reached its end of life that has broken down. There are no replacements for at this point, or if there are replacements, they're hard to get. You I mean, you know, to to play both sides to the middle, they're both dealing with the supply chain issues. So mm -hmm. the AICC is arguing that the supply issues are limiting the amount of four G radios that are available, and they're right. But on the flip side, AT and T is arguing that they can't get replacements for their 3G equipment because of the supply chain issues. And they're right. So you're, you're, you know, as the article says, and I like the metaphor, so I'll reuse it, there's two trains coming down the tracks at each other. Yeah. The problem is, is there's really no place for either train to go. Um, they're both going down the tracks and they're, they're gonna collide at some point and there's gonna be some pain. There's definitely gonna be, so you're gonna find, look, there's gonna be a story out there somewhere that, you know, one of the news outlets is gonna pick up that somebody's house got broken into or god forbid there was a fire and the 3g radio signal couldn't get through because they had already upgraded that 3g tower and i i hope to, to to heaven it doesn't happen but unfortunately it's gonna and we're just gonna have to deal with it and and again the integrators really just have to step up look at places that are most vulnerable fire systems for instance you know healthcare facilities look at the most vulnerable look at the most active accounts that they have and prioritize them to get them switched first. And I know that there are integrators out there doing that today that are you know, looking at their logs. They have all the data, so they know where these sensitive systems are. It's just a question of rolling enough trucks, getting the equipment in place, and having those backups in place. So it's, it's, it's gonna be interesting how it all rolls out. Yeah, roll out. I like what you did there. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, I was going to hit one more, but we are going to be out of time. I know you were super excited about that one. Uh, so we will push this to next week. Gentlemen, thank you both so much for joining us. Mr. Fragosa, if people want to connect with you, 
learn more about Fergosa Design, where can they do that? Uh, you can type my name into the interwebs and something interesting tends to pop up. Uh, you know, business related, at least I hope. Um, you save but search, you can also, ladies and gentlemen. Save I search. save search exactly. Uh, duck, duck, go me. That's it. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, you can find us. Uh, the company website is fergosadesign dot com. Uh, you probably find me on Twitter at rfergosa. But as always, I want to say the best place I hope you can find me would be on avnation.tv and our suite of shows, obviously here with Matt, uh, or on AV Week with Tim, or hopefully you'll see our show on the state of the control system programming side of things with my partner, Steve Greenblatt, of State of Control. Um, but, you know, any of, the, any of our varied shows, there's always good stuff here. So please try to find me here and along the same way, see if you can give our sponsors a shot while you're at it. We always appreciate that. Mr. Rosenthal, thank you, sir, for joining us. If people want to connect with you and learn more about BlueSav, how can they do that? It's very easy. Just go to our website, www.bluesav.com, and check us out. Uh, I will be at Cedia with a bunch of clients. I hope to see lots of smiling faces there. We, uh, we had a very successful ISC West. It's nice to press the flesh again. You'll excuse the expression, right? Um, but uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody at the show. Excellent. Thank you uh, for joining us uh, as well, both of you, as well as everyone listening. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.